Welcome, everyone. Welcome, everyone. To the vegan vanguard who loves their vaginas. <laughs> <Yeah>. Loves their <laughs> vaginas. <laughs> so much that we're dedicating an entire episode yeah. to the vagin. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The vagin. Yeah. yeah. I'm sort of bummed that they didn't say vagina, but maybe I'm not getting the joke. I don't know. It kind of sounds better in the song. It's like vagina. Vagina. Yeah. Kind of smoother. Vagina. Yeah. <laughs> I just feel like that word has been so taboo for a long time that any time... Yeah, get the opportunity to say vagina, V A G I N A. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But anyway, so big news: we are sitting across from each other right now at the table. We're holding hands, we're touching each other. Yeah, (laughs) you're sitting in the seat that I've recorded all of our podcasts in. Oh, yeah. Well, actually, no. I think this is the yeah. This is the seat. Either way, across the table. But yeah, we are together in Paris. This is outstanding. Mm -hmm. So before we start, I think we should just shout out that we're hosting a meetup this Friday at 6 p.m. Where? Which will be tomorrow when this podcast comes out, right? No, it's this podcast. Oh, shit. We can't announce this. Oh, (laughs) we can't announce it. (laughs) Okay. You'll just cut that part. Well, um, (laughs) we're not. We had a great meetup. We're anticipating last week in Paris. (laughs) yeah Um, mm -hmm. interesting yeah we've really got our shit together we do (laughs) (laughs) anyway so maxi got to paris two days before i did because i was in berlin for a little bit it really sounds like we're jet setters from the podcast lately yeah i I was in norway (laughs) yeah that's true um but you stayed in my little place for two days yes was uh, gifted by a terrible leak in my bathroom. Yeah, yeah. It wasn't that bad, but yeah, the floor really started swelling. It was kind of a whole big thing, but yeah. There's like a little mini mountaintop in the middle of my hardwood floor right now. (laughs) But it's all good. It's a very nice place, and I felt very, you know, taken care of in here. So Mm -hmm. thank you very much. Yeah. And then we've been just strolling the town and hitting up some vegan joints and talking nonstop, nonstop, nonstop. Yeah. And getting super excited about all the podcasts that we want to record. Mm-hmm. So we're probably going to do some marathon recording. Oh, yeah. While we're together. Yeah. Hopefully this is going to be a back-to-back day yeah. podcasts. Absolutely. Otherwise, we will be recording one every single day until Sunday <laughs> yeah. when Maxi leaves. We will also be recording a Q&A video. Mm. And it's going to be quite long because we got quite a few questions. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. I'm very excited for that. Me too. 
So today we're going to be talking about something that we have been talking about together for quite some time. Mm -hmm. I guess before we start, I'm going to just say, Dad, I know that you love listening to all my content and I love you for that. But I think you should probably turn this one off at this point. Really? <laughs> yeah, I think that would be good. So, okay, moving oh, into... the meaningful information for everyone to hear. Yes, <laughs> it is very meaningful, but anyway. I could see why it's awkward. I could see yeah. why it's awkward. So, moving forward now, without parental uh, listening. Mm-hmm. I was going to say, my parents don't listen to this podcast anyway. Mm-hmm. But hopefully when they see the title, they're not going to be like, what the heck? Maybe this is one that I should listen to. Although, hopefully not. Yeah. 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 So today we're going to talk about something that we've been talking about for quite some time, particularly since um, an experience that I had recently. You know, I, I think I've talked about this before, that I have been in a long-term relationship for quite some time, which ended uh, last year, and so I'm back on the dating scene and uh, trying to navigate, you know, having sex with new people, and so, yeah, I had met this one person, we really hit it off, we, like, had a lot of chemistry and whatever, but... I could tell that there was a lot of anxiety for him around getting me off. And we'll get into this later, but yeah, like first few times that you're with a new person, like the woman is probably not getting off, right? But it just created a lot of tension and we'll get into this more later, but it just really spawned a whole bunch of conversations between the two of us around like the pressure women feel to fake orgasms, the pressure that men feel to give women orgasms, and just this whole, I don't know, unequal playing field for orgasms and just just the male-centric way that sex is presented to us everywhere we turn in the in movies like in porn and everything and just how it's actually damaging to real actual real life intimate relationships Mm -hmm. so we really wanted to tackle all of this stuff obviously from a deeply feminist perspective and we think it'll be a really good PSA for everyone frankly (laughs) like we're just gonna like break down and like demystify the female orgasm Mm -hmm. and like all the shit that's built up around it yeah absolutely yeah okay so before we move on we have a few stats to back up what we're saying (laughs) on top of like hundreds of personal anecdotes that I know from myself and also from my other female friends uh so this is from miss fender's video on youtube miss fender is a youtuber that i really like but i think that her stats are from durex she said something like that yeah something like that i think a lot of them are canada specific or u.s specific but still this is you know you can generalize oh yes so 61 percent of canadian men regularly achieve orgasm versus 76 percent of women who do not that is absurd yes absurd yeah and actually when we were discussing this stat with mexi before the podcast i was like 61 percent of men only achieve orgasm during sex like yeah regularly during hmm. sexual encounters that or maybe i maybe, feel like it's no, more maybe, than that. maybe she didn't even say during sex maybe it's just 61 percent of men regularly achieve orgasm period huh I think it was during sex, though, because 76% of women do not. I feel like a lot of women do achieve orgasm well, like when they're masturbating. 
yeah, exactly. That's true. So yeah, yeah. Basically, I mean, it's it definitely shows like the inequality, I guess, of men who regularly cheat more having right. sex versus women. But I, even though the numbers are shocking in and mm-hmm. of themselves. I feel like it's even more than 61% of men who achieve orgasm during sex. Yeah. But, like, like you know, like, I could be wrong. Yeah. But <laughs> we were saying that, like, we haven't really been with men who, like, haven't finished unless there was, like, some kind of problem or, like, interruption or, like, something yeah. going on. Yeah. Um, exactly. Yeah. Which is not to say that we should necessarily think that men should orgasm all the time either, but... No. And I think there's a huge pressure for men to also achieve orgasm. And then also Mm -hmm. for women to feel like, well, if they didn't, they must be doing something wrong. Yeah. Or I just must not not be desirable Mm -hmm. or I must not be pleasing them. Yeah. 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 So that's the first stat. The second one is 82% of cis men. Oh yeah. I wanted to, we wanted to premise this conversation by saying, you know, we're going to be equating vaginas with females or women and penises with men or males a lot in this conversation but that's certainly not mm-hmm. but that's certainly not to negate the fact that certain women have penises and certain men have vaginas etc right. yeah 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 so 80 percent of and this is talking in a heterosexual relationships too i mean we live in a binary world and these stats are very heterosexual so 82 percent of cis men expect to orgasm during a sexual encounter and only 47 percent of women do Count me as one of those forty percent or forty seven percent girl. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I would like to expect it, but I don't. Like, I like I do. Yeah. You know? Even if even if I know that a lot of times, you know, it won't be the case. I'm just like, yeah, but I do though, because that's that's kind of the, not the point, but it's like mm-hmm. <laughs> that's what we want to do together. You know, it's, mm-hmm. it shouldn't just be like one person is expected to, and the other person is expected to just like enjoy mm-hmm. the experience regardless. Like, sorry, but you know, mm-hmm. come on. Definitely. I just know that a lot of women don't orgasm during sex. And I feel like since you've been in longer term relationships, mm-hmm. you, you do, which is fucking great. Um, yeah. I've really come to expect that, but I kind of feel like, We'll, we'll get into it later. Like, there's mm-hmm. ways to improve the, these numbers. <laughs> definitely, definitely. Yes, this is not a fatality. Yeah. Uh, so, 94% of men want their partners to orgasm during sex. Mm-hmm. And so, veering away from heterosexual relationships, this stat, I think, is really telling. Mm-hmm. Lesbian women orgasm 75% of the time versus 24% of straight women. <sighs> 24%. Yeah, see, that number is really not shocking to me. That is so shocking to me. Mm. Yeah, because from, yeah, I definitely think if I think about my pool of female friends, mm-hmm. I would definitely say that one in four of them do not orgasm during sex. I mean, one only one in four percent of them orgasm during sex. Oh my god. Yeah. But are you counting sex as in like, foreplay and everything because like it's it's harder to orgasm during penetrative sex if (laughs) yeah no I'm talking about the whole thing wow yeah I mean I would say that like yeah there's definitely some of my female friends who orgasm especially the ones who have been with their partners longer term but it's not a rarity at all to like if anything when they have orgasms it's like an exciting development oh versus kind of like a very expected, you know, occurrence. Wow. I don't know. Yeah, I guess I was kind of shocked. I mean, I don't really know 
in terms of like a lot of my friends, like whatever, but I was shocked to hear like one of my friends who is married actually. So you'd think that like they would have it like on lock. Mm -hmm. Um, sometimes she doesn't and doesn't expect to or whatever. And I was just like, what? Like, I guess cause if, I, if I'm in a long-term relationship, it's like, yeah, we're going to get this down, mm -hmm. man. It's going to be like every time, <laughs> you know, mm -hmm. so yeah. like, <laughs> but, yeah. um, but anyway, but I think that that's not the really, you know, exciting part of the stat or the telling part of the stat. The stat that is more interesting is the fact that 75% of women in lesbian relationships or non-heterosexual relationships or just people in general in non-hetero relationships orgasm so much more. And like, mm. obviously they do. It's, it's so obvious. Yeah. I mean, totally. maybe it's not obvious to our audience yet, but we're going to get into the construction of masculinity and the construction of femininity and then the way that sex is portrayed to us in like male gaze porn and movies and stuff. So it's not surprising mm -hmm. that they're like men, cis men and cis women have a harder time communicating. They have a harder time like figuring out what the other person likes or like, you know, being sensitive to that. Mm -hmm. There's just all this social pressure going on and everything. It's just so telling yeah so really this is a psa to help everyone move beyond these terrible stats and uh improve these imbalances mm -hmm. yeah and i think a, a huge so i guess i'll get into a little bit how men have been socialized to think about female orgasms and okay i'll say that first of all i, I feel like there's a disproportionate weight that's placed on orgasms in general like there's a disproportionate importance both in the minds of men and women it's like supposed to be the be all end all like the most important part of sex and there's obviously so much stuff that goes on before that and throughout that and like can go on after like post orgasm as well mm -hmm. um and just fixating too much importance on orgasms i think can create a mental block for both parties but I do think that it's, you know, important that I, I do understand why we're centering a lot of these stats around orgasms and a lot mm. of our conversation too, because it's, I guess we're, we're taking it as a representative of the larger power, like the larger pleasure imbalance between yeah. men and women. Mm -hmm. But yeah, I think that a huge problem with female orgasms is that at least from a male gaze is that they've been taught to want to give a female orgasm but not really for the pleasure in and of itself of the woman but rather as like this competitive domineering feeling that they can unlock mm -hmm. in another woman and I've been listening to a podcast unfortunately a lot of our listeners don't speak French but it's called Les Couilles sur la table for those of you who do and it means like the balls out on the table basically <laughs> um and it's a podcast all about the construction of masculinity and it's been really really insightful because i think so many of my feminist reasoning and like theoretical education up until this point has been from the position of of women and you know how gender roles have oppressed women and obviously i know that gender roles are oppressive to men as well because by feminizing and demonizing or, or categorizing as inferior everything that is female, you also not only oppress women, but you're also cutting off men from experiencing this 
entire huge realm of human potential and human emotion. But it really has made me, I don't know, yeah, more compassionate to the plight of men and like all the all the pressures that they experienced growing up and especially around sex. Mm-hmm. Like, so a lot of episodes come to mind, but I, every time I'm done listening to an episode, I'm like, well, no shit. They're, you know, yeah. like traumatized in these certain ways or of like, course. obviously they have these really problematic behaviors that mm-hmm. cause them to be oppressive towards women because like, holy shit, I can't believe all this, all the fucked up stuff that has gone into constructing a quote unquote, like, healthy masculinity you know it's Mm -hmm. so unhealthy Mm -hmm. but there was an episode recently about how so many young men grow up and this trend is fading a little bit now in the past like 30 years but you know there's this whole there's this cultural norm that fathers pass down like sexuality and sexual dominance to their sons by making them bring them to go see prostitutes. So I, you know, now in my feminist consciousness, I would say sex workers, but mm-hmm. this is, I guess, in the cultural narrative that fathers pass on to their sons, you know, but like going to see <laughs> like... prostitutes to lose their virginity. Um, and also I feel like on another level still now you see in movies and in, you know, I, I was not a teenage boy growing up with a dad, but like the dad kind of like giving you condoms and being like, have safe sex or like, do, you know, fuck lots of, fuck lots of girls at summer camp or something like that. There's this almost like pride that goes, I think men are conditioned from a young age to, to, to need to satisfy a lot of women in order to prove their masculinity. And with that comes the, the necessity to make them come, not because you want them to be, not really because the focus is on women's pleasure but rather on like collecting almost these like points or these like gold stars that bolster your masculinity and your so it's really just again like something that you can compete with other men on like how many women that you've given orgasms to well yeah and and, like even just not even compete it's just for your own sense of adequacy Mm -hmm. um it's something that you know, you have to do, even if you're not going to tell other men, it's just like, well, like this makes me a man. Like I'm not a man if I'm like not making this woman come, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And so yeah, it's like, it's all just ego, Mm -hmm. you know, it's just how you think of yourself. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I, I mean, from the conversations I've had with other men and what I'm thinking in particular, like they don't talk about sex that much amongst themselves, like the intricacies of like, women's bodies or how they're feeling emotionally connected or not to their partner but it's more like oh like I made her come or like (laughs) I fucked this many this many girls you know Mm -hmm. or Mm -hmm. it's it still is very like hierarchical competitive Mm -hmm. way of looking at sex and basically just looking at sex as a way to bolster your own dominance and masculinity Mm -hmm. so I think that it does lead to feelings of like failure and self-loathing if you're not able to fulfill that role as a man Mm -hmm. and so it's really toxic for both parties Mm -hmm. because it like it's such an intimate thing that like there's so much shame around that like shame and guilt and stuff that I think I can understand why a lot of men feel and then a lot of women feel that also like wanting to 
make their partner feel like they are such a great lover and that like this was such a great experience etc like mm-hmm. i just feel like we need to get all this like shame out of the experience you know yeah like ugh. yeah absolutely i think it becomes a way to validate the man's sense of mm-hmm. like success and masculinity that they need in order you know since the male gaze is honestly so prevalent in sexual encounters Mm -hmm. in heterosexual relationships Mm -hmm. faking or you know being a woman and making the man feel like they're giving you a lot of pleasure becomes Mm -hmm. a way to Mm -hmm. fulfill their own pleasure which then in turn is the only way that you can feel validated exactly feel any pressure during sex either you know so yeah yeah Mm -hmm. so yeah it's just it's so toxic. Yeah, it's very toxic. And I think another thing that I was listening to on this podcast was this this man giving his testimonial of what it was like to grow up as kind of a nerdy kid and not having not not being like I guess one of the cool kids who dated a lot of girls and also in toxic masculinity, I think part of toxic masculinity is like telling men that they have the right to date other women or to have sex with other women. Mm. I mean, that's where the whole like incel narrative comes in. Sort of like these frustrated poor boys who like are owed sex, but can't Mm. get it. Mm -hmm. Um, So this, this man was talking about, yeah, what it was like to grow up as a kid, as a a sexually frustrated teenager and how, you know, when he was 14 or 15 or 16, he started watching a lot of porn as I think a lot of, teenage boys do mm-hmm. and he said by the time he started dating actual real human not virtual women <laughs> he was like 22 or something and his only experience with women really at up until that point had been like watching them on a screen mm-hmm. in these really oppressive like pornographic roles of like men physically dominating them and so you know he said he didn't have he didn't have any girlfriends or any female friends in school. Yes, he was close with his mother, but that really was his only method of interaction with like women beyond basically the screen and beyond mm-hmm. porn. Mm-hmm. And when he started dating women, he had these like very unrealistic expectations around like what they needed to do, mm-hmm. how they would or would not get pleasure, mm-hmm. and how toxic it is that gender divisions create these inequality like mm-hmm yeah, create this, um, barrier between men and women and create these completely false expectations. And he was saying like, it's actually extremely dangerous because at that point he really deconstructed patriarchy and his masculinity and went into doing a PhD in gender studies. So Mm -hmm. luckily he kind of got out of that pattern, but so many men don't. And Mm -hmm. so many men's, I think, primary interaction with women and with sexuality is through these really oppressive narratives of porn. And Mm -hmm. so, yeah. 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 I call it, I I call it male gaze porn, but really it's just like the majority of porn. Like the majority of porn is male gaze porn, but it's stuff, it's stuff that would, that like a penis would find pleasurable, but it's never, it's not stuff that would, that a vagina would find pleasurable. Like we talk about this all the time, but like, if there's like this kind of sound ever, no 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 right and the women in those yeah, videos like that that does not feel good that ever. doesn't feel good ever no and so and then the women in these videos are just like 
going wild, like they're screaming, like, oh God, right? It, it looks like they're having orgasms like 10 times during one sexual encounter. And so men walk away from that thinking that like, this is what sex is. And like, this is what's sexy. This is what women find sexy. This is how an encounter should look like. And then, so yeah, of course, like women also feel this pressure to perform during sex and to be like, uh, uh, making all these noises and like feigning, like they are orgasming just so that they don't hurt the other person's pride or ego or make them feel awkward or whatever. Mm -hmm. And I feel like women are also really socialized. Like we're socialized to really be very accommodating. Like if we, and, and to be very empathetic. So if we sense that someone around us, especially someone that we care about is feeling awkward, is feeling insecure, is feeling whatever we will like overextend ourselves. And I, I, I can't generalize maybe, maybe just me or like, you know, you, but a lot of women will just kind of overextend themselves to try and make sure that the other person like feels really great. Yeah. And so but when it comes at the expense of your own pleasure also and your own satisfaction and your own feelings, you know, of connection and everything within that relationship, it's just so damaging. Yeah. But I can't even tell you like my entire, you know, when I started having sex and like through my twenties, faking it was not an irregular thing for me. I mean, I, I did have a lot of, um, you know, longer term relationships or whatever that, uh, that I was orgasming, but like, yeah, it was just not uncommon for me to orgasm or even, or sorry, it was not uncommon for me to fake it. Or even if we were like having, doing foreplay and I orgasmed there and then we like moved into actually having like sex, I would fake, even though I, I had already legit orgasmed, I still felt pressure to fake it again. Mm -hmm. So I would be like faking like a second orgasm or a third orgasm where I'm like, why am I faking these additional orgasms? Like I've already orgasmed. Mm -hmm. I don't know why I feel like this man needs more and more from me, but I, I'm actually not surprised that women feel like that's what they should be doing and that men expect that that's what women should be doing also. <laughs> yeah. No, absolutely. And I think that Men, I mean, there is so much, it's it's farcical to me at this point, honestly, just how much importance is given to like the phallus, you know, mm -hmm. and to like the penis that is supposed to be this penetrative weapon of domination and mm -hmm. of like satisfaction and of basically everything that's good with like humankind. Mm -hmm. So another thing that this podcast talks about um, is just how much men have felt the need and this like they go back really far they go back to like the roman empire um and Ar then aristotle who created these really oppressive theories around like the basically like a, that a man should be able to have an erection and that it was like a sign of god like it was mm -hmm. god that gave him an erection so whenever you weren't able to orgasm when it, sorry whenever you weren't able to have an erection or you were, what is that called? Impot impotent? Yeah. Impotent in English. Yeah. En puissant in French. Um, it was just the deepest, deepest shame because mm -hmm. it was like you were possessed by a force that wasn't heavenly, mm -hmm. um, that was like controlling the center of humankind, which is penis. Mm -hmm. And they also go on to like just describing still how boys like will compete against each other to like measure their erection size and measure their <laughs> penis and etc i think that freudian psychoanalysis also really sets expectations very very high for penises and like i think it's called phallocentrism right it's just this idea that the phallus is the locus of 
power and of domination and of confidence and of like empowerment and basically everything that is good and well, um, are like all the virtues that make humanity strong. And his whole like theory around penis envy that basically women have <laughs> that, that little girls grow up envying a penis and thinking that they're lacking an organ and that also little boys grow up with the fear of castration because <laughs> the worst thing in the entire world would be to lose their, their penis. And, and I think that the theory goes, you know, I'm not an expert, but I do have a mom who is very into psychoanalysis. <laughs> so I have heard a good amount about this. Actually, we have this joke now where every time like my brother, my brother and I get in a fight or something like that. I'm like, mom, it's just because I have such bad penis envy. Like I've just <laughs> wanted penis my entire life, which, which isn't true. Um, but that's like what psychoanalysis tells me. But I think his theory goes that little boys, when they look at little girls and they see that they don't have a penis, mm -hmm. they have like, they're overcome with this fear of castration that they could also like the, their penis could be cut off from them. Mm -hmm. So girls have penis envy. Boys have a fear of castration when they see each other's genitals. And that's, to me, that's such bullshit. I mean, yeah. first of all, like, wombs are so fucking amazing. Like, for me, I feel like womb envy would be a lot more plausible. And I think that it's Gloria Steinem who said that, actually. Mm -hmm. But, you know, being a little boy and realizing, like, wow, little girl, ugh, this is so, like, gender normative. But, but like, uteruses can carry life, you know, and you can actually, like, birth a, a person, a new little human <laughs> out of the vagina. Like, I just, I just feel like as a person who didn't have a womb, I would have thought that, that was amazing. and. Mm -hmm maybe envied that again i think the whole envy thing the whole envy narrative is like is kind of silly anyway i think freud's like kind of a hack yeah i mean no i think he i i think he did like he was like a pioneer in many ways yeah but like but like the, there's a lot like... of theories that have evolved since then and obviously <laughs> like his theories were like extremely gender normative and heteronormative and problematic in a lot of ways very problematic but, um, and like totally centered around like the fowls and the penis. Totally. And so I think that, I think that that's really stressful for boys and like learning or, you know, for people with penises socialized as boys to like be able to experience, you know, be like have a huge penis and experience erections and like give women orgasms. Mm -hmm. I just think there's a lot of pressure around that and that that leads them to be less in tuned with the other person as their equal who has desires and who has other ways of achieving orgasm and who has other ways of just like sensing pleasure that don't just revolve around the penis, you know? Yeah. And so I think that the pressure and correct me if I'm wrong, but I've, I've felt pressure at least to have orgasms during penetrative sex because it's mm. like, well, their organ is like, <laughs> I mean, mm. yeah, it's like, absurd and kind of awkward to say it out loud but okay first of all I feel like I grew up with the notion that a clitoral orgasm was not as like mature and as real as like an internal orgasm mm -hmm. caused from like inside you know like from basically like something penetrating your vagina the g-spot yeah the g-spot and so yeah like clitoral orgasms are thought to be and I'm sure there's literature around this and like this was actually like something that was said a lot of times I don't think I'm making this up you know but that like orgasms are not because I'm like I did, did not like hear that at all mm. we talked about it in so in college I did this thing called femsex which is like this peer facilitated um 
workshop that is a semester long that really changed my life mm-hmm. around female sexuality. Now it's called All Sex because it's not just around female sexuality, but mm-hmm. you know, I think they wanted to make it more inclusive, which I think is great. But women feeling shame that they only got they could only get off through like clitoral outside mm. stimulation mm. that they weren't having quote unquote real like grown up women orgasms through mm. penetrative sex. Mm. And like that's such bullshit because mm-hmm. you know women feel pleasure all sorts of different ways mm-hmm. also even when you're having an internal orgasm it's just that like the clitoris is like a long almost like yeah. iceberg type thing where you yeah. see like the tip of the iceberg is the clitoris but like yeah. the whole organ is intra vagina yeah 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 so um but i think that since men and women and whatever there's this expectation that like just you know, penis and vagina mm-hmm. sex is going mm-hmm. to give you an orgasm. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think it like becomes also having an orgasm during penetrative sex. There are stakes of like validating the man's masculinity even more because mm-hmm. like he's mm-hmm. doing it through the phallus, you know, or mm-hmm. through. Yeah. So definitely I would say like, yeah, we need to move away from that thought because especially, especially if you're watching male gays porn, it show it it honestly just shows it's like a penis just like going straight in and out of a vagina with like no like upward motion or anything like you gotta you gotta like I'm loving your hand motion I, I know right I, I wish the viewers could see the hand motion but you you gotta have like a like a, a down and up like going. a little wave like a scoop up you gotta be like right close to the so you're like on mm-hmm. the clit also and then like going up. Because the G spot is like up, it's like up and in a little bit. So mm-hmm. if you're just doing the, the like, or like you know holding a woman's legs above your oh head, which do don't ever do on. that, man. Never. <laughs> I, I have I have asked a lot of women oh about God. this yeah. because it happens to me, uh, you know, too, like missionary, too much. and then all of a sudden they just like hold you up like a, a yeah yeah it's like missionary but then they, they throw your legs up around their neck or whatever like why? and it's like okay great now i'm crumpled up in like a little sandwich i'm so uncomfortable <laughs> um like the, like the penis thing. is just going in and out in and out in and out and i'm like i don't know if you you, you know this men but women don't feel anything from that that mm-hmm. just feels like friction of like somebody shoving something in and out yeah like if you're not touching the clit if you're not hitting the g-spot it feels like nothing yeah. so that's not hot anyway where was I going with this? Yeah. So like, it's difficult to give a woman a G-spot orgasm. Like, yeah, just, I've never had a G-spot orgasm. I have. I mean, like I've had a bunch, like I've had a lot of men get me off. Like if we are doing penetrative sex, but they have to be doing it like, Mm -hmm. you know, the, the like sensual wavy, the the right way, you know, they gotta be doing that. Um, also I've had it with like a vibrator and, um, mm-hmm. I recently got an amazing like vibrator. Thanks to who? Thanks to Marine. <laughs> yes. Yeah. So that one, yeah, that's great. So, but I'm just saying that, like, no, like, if you're having trouble doing the the internal orgasm, forget about it. Like, start sex with a lot of foreplay. Like, eat her out, get mm-hmm. her off before you penetrate, and then you can get off knowing that she's been pleasured. She she's satisfied everything's great and also you can get off without penetrative sex too oh totally like i think that the whole progression of like okay first you use fingers and then you use your mouth and then mm-hmm. you have penetration and then mm-hmm. it's over god forbid that if the man comes and like in you know inside of you then like the sex is over or just i, I guess sex is over with the male orgasm in general well i've um, had a lot of men like even if they get off and they know that i haven't then they'll like do more stuff to me or whatever really yeah 
Oh my God, that's so great. I can't tell you the number of times when like a male, a man has an orgasm and he's like, oh, sorry. Like, I'm just like, don't be sorry. Just keep going. Oh like, my God. You've never had that? Like, not really. Wow. Yeah. I mean, I like, I definitely have like when I was younger, but like. Yeah. And, and see, like, I feel like this is sad too for men. It's like, they try to like hold on as long as possible yeah, you know, to have the orgasm yeah. because it's like this, there's this finality that is supposed to occur with like almost the fireworks of like the male orgasm Uh and then it's just like sex is over like it's supposed to like culminate in that and I think that's so much pressure for men but that's also really frustrating for women because Mm -hmm. it's like well I I think that a a lot of women like think that okay well once the man has had an orgasm then like the sexual encounter is over you know um but when men feel like really sorry and they're like oh sorry like almost again like it's (laughs) fatality like oh well like it happened (laughs) I'm just like, no, 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 it's, it's, it's not fine. over. Just, like, just keep going. Right, you know, yeah, like, like, don't feel so bad. Right. I don't want you to feel yeah. bad. And also I don't want this to like get you off the hook for right. continuing Continue to want to pleasure me. Stuff. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's terrible. Oh my God. I can't, I can't believe you haven't had that. I mean, I did when I was younger, wow. like when I was like in my early twenties and stuff, because at that point, like men are awkward. They don't know. They don't care. They mm. don't know what they're doing anyway. So, but I mean, recently, lately, yeah. Like if, Somebody just was like, okay, I guess it's over. I would be like, mm, no, girl. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, or I'd be like, okay, fine, you can leave, and I'll just, like, use my vibrator then. Yeah, <laughs> and, and this, is a, this is something that men can learn from, too. Like, don't worry if you have an orgasm. It's exactly. great. Lovely. Why not? The, the more yeah. orgasms, the better. Just right. have it, and then... And then continue. And then continue. And, like, you don't have to stop. Yeah, especially if, like, the woman is still yeah unsatisfied right. or un- not right. not even unsatisfied because i hate that this orgasm is just this big mystified like scary thing where like mm-hmm. we don't know how to give women orgasms mm-hmm. and then once m- men orgasm it's just like oh it's over oh no it's over it's like no no this yeah. that should just be part of the process right exactly you know? yeah it's so ridiculous or not part of the process you can have sex without orgasms yeah too. Like, if, like if that's something that's fine for you then that's fine you it's know fine but anyway, so yeah, I, I recommend like starting off like eating a woman out until she orgasms or whatever. And because then it's like, all right, then you're good. Then it's like from then on, whatever happens, happens. If it like the male orgasm happens and it's like, okay, fine, like whatever, you know. It's some like, women don't like being eaten out though. Okay, well, whatever. Just do whatever yeah. she likes <laughs> to like get her off, you know? Yeah. And that might not be just like penetration, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Or like, or, or like, I, I always like to think, like, especially with this, um, this experience that I had recently where I really felt a lot of pressure to fake it with this person because I wanted to make him feel really good about the experience. Mm -hmm. But I was like, you know what? I would have done that in my early twenties, but like as a deeply feminist act, I cannot do that ever again. Mm -hmm. So like, I will not be faking it. And I actually felt a lot of shame around that because I felt like, Oh, like now, like, cause I I could sense that he was awkward about it. Mm -hmm. And so I just felt really like, Oh, I shouldn't. I, I should have just faked it. Like now, he just he he just thinks that we're not compatible, or like oh, yeah, we, like we have like an awkward connection or whatever. And I'm just like, yeah, it was like really anxiety inducing. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, but ever since that that whole debacle, I've really just been like, okay, no, like it shouldn't be about performance ever. It should always be about exploring together. And it's like 
yeah, men and women, when you're the first time that you're having sex in like a cis hetero relationship, the woman's probably not going to get off. And it's not because you're like not a Don Juan or whatever. It's because it's just, it's awkward. It's a new person. You don't feel comfortable. Like that person doesn't really know exactly what you like yet. Like Mm -hmm. they don't know like what feels good for you. They don't know. You know what I mean? So, Mm -hmm. so it's fine for that to happen. Like it's like for the first, like many times that you're with a new person it should just be about like exploring together and it it should be exciting it should be like yeah let's explore like what do you like what can I do like whatever and if it doesn't happen for a while that's fine I think that's the whole thing with maybe it has to do with you know tinder like swipe culture and all this stuff where like people aren't really having like really long-term engagements with people anymore and Mm -hmm. so you're only having like one or two or three times with a person and so if it if it's not clicking right off the bat then you're like oh we just don't have sexual chemistry or oh it was bad or oh it was whatever but it's like well you kind of have to like explore together especially if like so many men are just coming from watching porn and then thinking that that's what a woman likes like it takes like a you know there's a learning curve right Mm -hmm. but because it's kind of like yeah the the whole like kind of sweat culture like date you once date you twice okay leave new person Mm -hmm. maybe it's like people aren't are communicating that well with each other or aren't like kind of getting into that really exciting exploring phase and are just kind of like quitting Mm -hmm. I don't know but yeah yeah no I agree I think that this goes back to our conversations that we were having about like form over substance, Mm -hmm. like Mm -hmm. how so much of our world today is supposed is basically pursued in order to have certain, like check certain things off on your list or add certain things to your resume. And I think this is like, there's like a, a, almost like a sexual resume too, of just Mm -hmm. like how many people you've slept with and how many orgasms you've given or how many orgasms you've had. Mm -hmm. And So I agree that this culture of instant, like, speed dating Mm -hmm. really does not help harvesting or not harvesting, um, like, cultivating meaningful Mm -hmm. relationships that are based around, like, empathy and, Mm -hmm. like, mutual understanding of each other's bodies. Mm -hmm. And I think that this, like, form over substance culture has also created just so much alienation and insecurity where you feel that if you can't take off these boxes then like you are Mm. you know you're crap like Mm. you're you're less worthy Mm -hmm. so yeah no I I completely I completely agree and I think that there's like a lot of shame around it for for all genders and it's it's harmful for all genders but especially if you're coming from yeah I think that porn has just really set completely Mm. unrealistic expectations Mm. and another thing that is also I think worth mentioning is that many women at least when they're growing up and when they're teenagers I think that male masturbation or like boys masturbating is something Mm -hmm. that is really normalized and encouraged and spoken about and I think that it's not at all the same for women Mm There's a lot of of girls that I grew up with who refused to touch themselves or who thought it was weird or disgusting Mm -hmm. um, or who pretended not to touch themselves, you know? Mm -hmm. And I was definitely, when I was growing up, like when I was like 10, 11, 12, um, I used to pretend I thought it was like so weird, you know, but like (laughs) I totally, (laughs) yeah, well, yeah, I think that a lot of women do uh, discover like orgasms and masturbation much, much later. That's an experience too, that I've heard so much, Mm. but 
like for me that wasn't the case like I oh my god I masturbated so much as a little kid (laughs) me too I feel like I peaked when I was like 10 like I'm so much more boring and have so much less imagination and like urge to do stuff than when I was like a little kid oh my gosh yeah (laughs) I know and like at that age I didn't even know what it was but I was just like like, whatever like I would just keep doing it because I was like whatever but I didn't talk about it with anyone I had no idea what it was no until like much later because yeah it's not talked about for like young girls to totally yeah totally and another thing I I remember like even just I mean this is sort of another conversation but even the diversity and like the shape and size and color of vaginas is Mm -hmm. really not discussed Mm -hmm. yeah like and really not represented in like porn or in the media or even in like our biology textbooks where the vagina is like represented as a v and a slit in the middle Mm -hmm. (laughs) it's like I don't know. There's like more variety than that. Um, so I think that there's a lot of shame in, in thinking, okay, like is, does my vagina look normal? Does it smell normal? Does it like, I, how should I touch it? How should I not touch it? You know? And so I think that women don't really, a lot of women, I I don't mean to generalize. And, and again, a lot of people with vaginas, this conversation is really binary and we apologize for that, but I think it's the nature of today's, uh, talk that like centers on the general Mm -hmm. kind of binary culture that we live in Mm -hmm. but so I think there is a lot of the words are coming to me in French um (laughs) there's a lot of like mysticism or at least not a lot of a lot of women don't have a great knowledge about their vagina and what pleasures them and how to give themselves orgasms and aren't really encouraged to pursue that or to make it any sort of priority Mm -hmm. and just growing up as a teenager, like I feel that my focus was so much more on how am I going to give the men pleasure Mm -hmm. and how am I going to make them think they're giving me a ton of pleasure? (laughs) Yeah. Just way more than like, okay, I'm going to find what like truly gets me off and I'm going to find like the best way to explain that to people, you know? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah, no, definitely. I mean, cause I, I, yeah, I used to masturbate a bunch, but, but even though I knew like what I liked, I still, until like, even today, like today I'm like learning now how to actually express that to somebody else. Like Mm -hmm. until now there's just like, yeah, there's so much shame around that. And there's just, yeah. So even though I did masturbate and I did know, I still couldn't communicate that to people. Mm -hmm. So they're like, and I'm someone who was doing that. So for women who weren't even doing that, it's like even a bigger problem, you Mm -hmm. know? So yeah, I think actually we have a, a bunch of great resources for people, uh, you know, men and women who want to explore the vagina, the vaginal, yeah, or- vagina. <laughs> yeah. um, vaginal orgasms. Um, so one of the websites is OMG Yes, uh, OMGYes.com, and we'll just play here uh, their introductory video clip. When it comes to pleasure like actual techniques and what works for women, there's never been any large-scale research done. We decided to change all that. In partnership with the researchers at Indiana University and the Kinsey Institute, we did the first ever large-scale study to understand the specific ways different women find pleasure. What we found is that lots of women share similar techniques, some of which didn't even have names yet. Kind of like ingredients that combine in different ways to achieve more pleasure and better orgasms. So we made OMG Yes to put it all out in the open. 
These techniques come from the collective experience of over 2,000 women, ages 18 to 95. That's a lot of experience. It's a completely new approach, refreshingly honest and direct, so that women, men, and couples can explore ways to make a great thing even better. So this is a really wonderful resource. Unfortunately, you do have to pay for it, but it's a one-time fee and then you have it for life. And there's so many videos, tutorials, tips, everything. It's just all about pleasure for women or vaginas. <laughs> and uh, I think there's they also have research and, and stats and stuff on mm -hmm. there, which is really great. So I would definitely recommend every woman explore this site to get to know exactly like what brings you pleasure. And so you could communicate that better to your partner and also for men who are interested in learning more about female pleasure and how it differs from male pleasure. Mm -hmm. And this is something like the other resource we have is uh, Connor and Brittany's videos, which we'll talk about a bit in a second, but one of their videos, <laughs> which I really wanted to send to that person who I was having that encounter with was about uh, the clit and like how much pressure you should put on it. Mm. And they were talking, yeah, yeah. Um, long story short, not much, guys, not, not much. Not much. Right. I, yeah, the two biggest, I don't want to say mistakes, but the two biggest, like, common things that men will do that I believe come from watching porn is going hard on the clip, yeah. hard on it. No, 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 girl. No, you got to caress, caress it. You got to really like, smooth, stroke absolutely. it like a violin, you know? Yeah, you got to like love it up. You got to romance it. Like, do not go hard on it. Like, so anyway, in this video, they yeah, talk too about- too much pressure. And another little thing, if I can splice in, mm -hmm. splice in um, some, I guess we can call it advice, is that many times I'm like, no, 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 softer. Mm -hmm. And then- the dudes think <laughs> that like, okay, I'm saying softer now, but I want it to build to a higher pressure, but no, I, no, that, that, I mean, perhaps marginally higher. I don't know. And obviously I'm not claiming to speak for every person who has a vagina, but I think that you can vary speeds to a wide degree. There is not that same wide degree possible in terms of pressure, mm -hmm, like mm -hmm. how hard you're mm -hmm, hitting. Mm -hmm, like it mm -hmm. never feels good to like really press down on it mm -mm. Mm -mm. no so yeah right and i think connor and Brittany really outlined this really great in that video about the clit and pressure on the clit because they talk about the difference between uh like the head of the penis and the clit mm -hmm. and especially like if a, if a male is uncircumcised then they have more nerve endings in the head of their penis but it's still not that much compared to the clit but if a man is circumcised they have much less nerve endings in the head of the penis mm -hmm. whereas the clit has like mm -hmm. at least four times more and it's a tiny little nub, <laughs> nub right <laughs> so like imagine that many more nerve endings in a tinier spot so if you put like a hard tongue or like a hard pressure on there it's gonna get desensitized like yeah. pretty much right away and then you're gonna be like well it's just gonna be too much you know yeah. it's way too much yeah desensitized and it can get painful right yeah so as maureen said like if you want to like that you were gonna say as maureen has experienced <laughs> As we all have experienced. <laughs> yeah. Um, so yeah, if you're going to like build 
like up to some kind of climax. He's, you know, whatever. It's, it, I understand wanting to like build up. Yeah. But build in speed. Yeah. Build not in speed. In build pressure. in location. Yeah. Build like, in, in, in positions. Mm-hmm. And there's so many ways to build mm-hmm. on different things mm-hmm. that don't involve mm-hmm. building in pressure. Right. I think the thing is just to recognize that like what feels good for a penis is so different than what feels good for a vagina and a mm-hmm. clit specifically. Like a penis, yeah, you do want to like build and kind of like go hard at the end, right? Mm-hmm. You never want to do that on a clit. Never. Mm-hmm. No. Yeah. And I think that even actually Connor talks about how a lot of women, because they've also maybe grown up with like male gaze porn, like go are too hard. Yeah, on, true. Like, yeah, penises. Penis, yeah. Um, and I think that yes, they are very different, but also like if you're more, wow, maybe this is like really TMI, but <laughs> I mean this entire podcast is, I guess. <laughs> but like, I think like you know whoever I'm interacting with, even though I'm very, I'm conscious that they have different like organs then that some of them have different organ like sexual mm-hmm. like genitals sex genitals whatever genitals <laughs> that I do that it's it's also not that different and like seeing how they're right. reacting and like you know yes. stroking it almost like yeah in a way that I think feels yes. good you yes. know trying to connect uh-huh. with that uh-huh. like yeah be like what do I think feels uh-huh. good uh-huh. in that moment yeah. you know right um and so I think also like men who just see vaginas it's like completely foreign thing they do not uh-huh. know what to right. do with sometimes like just connect with also like your own pleasure and like mm-hmm. what you think you know how it, how it would feel good to stroke such a gentle right like a gentle creature a gentle little creature yes yeah Yeah. totally and so we'll link connor and Brittany's channel in the description box for the people who don't know it i will say that even though i think it's a really great resource um sometimes they so i think from this conversation you might gather that i'm a very like you might have gathered that we're very sexual people but we're not well at least i'll speak for myself like Sometimes Connor and Brittany and like make me feel like everyone should just be like DTF all the time. And I really felt that pressure like in my 20s when I was learning more and more about feminism just to, I don't know, just this thought that I had to be very sexual in order to be liberated. And mm-hmm. I had to sleep with a lot of people or at least like touch myself a lot. And that pressure can also get. I don't know. It's. I mean, first of all, it's like super invisibilizing to asexual folk, you know, mm-hmm. who don't want to have sex ever or might have sex but aren't, mm-hmm. you know, I mean, this is not yeah. a, a podcast about asexuality, but mm-hmm. obviously, oh, actually, we should shout out um, Vegan Warrior Princesses Attack. And yes. The, the, I think two podcasts they've done on asexuality. Well, there was one in particular. That one in particular remember. was uh, incredible. Amazing. And I really resonated with it. Mm-hmm. I think I shared it. Yeah, it was so good. Yeah. And I think that Connor and Brittany, but also just like this larger narrative that we should be hypersexual contributes to the stigmatization of asexual folk or demisexual Mm -hmm. folk. Uh, And on top of having a lot of problems with the dominant narrative of like orgasms and how everyone should have orgasms and how I think that hurts sex. I also think that just this idea that every, that we should be really sexual in order to be like Mm -hmm. fully empowered and liberated Mm -hmm. is super harmful. And Mm -hmm. you can be extremely, extremely liberated and extremely empowered and not want to have sex or not want to have sex with random people. Mm -hmm. Or, you know, I, I think that we spent a lot of time reclaiming that women were sexual and could have free sex Mm -hmm. 
without being you know, labeled or stigmatized as like sluts or people of lesser value. But sometimes I do feel like that narrative has almost like switched to the other, <laughs> to the yeah. other extreme where you're expected to, yeah, it's yeah. almost like you're frigid or not empowered if you don't want to have sex all the time. Uh, mm. And like, frankly, I don't most of the time. So yeah. like, yeah, the reason that I, fine. whatever you want to do with your own body is super cool. Exactly. Yeah. The reason that I identified a lot with that, like asexuality uh, talk is because they were talking about demisexual, demisexuality. And I kind of feel like I fall into that category because I'm 100% not somebody who is DTF. Like, Unless, unless I really like you, like unless I really have like excited, strong feelings about you, mm-hmm. which I rarely ever do. Like it's rare that I will actually really like another person. Um, when I do, I'm like all in and I'm like, oh yes, like this person is amazing. Right. But it's very rare. And if I don't feel that, then frankly, I don't want you touching me. I don't want to, I don't like, that's mm-hmm. a very like intimate thing. You know what I mean? So I'm like, totally not someone that's DTF. I like, I don't know. Yeah. I, I, I'm not somebody who like needs that. Like, you know, I'll like masturbate and stuff, but I'm just like, yeah. I, I, but there is a lot of, um, it's not like stigma, but it, it is, it is kind of just like, Oh, like, like oh, he's, well, you're he's like hot. Like you should bang Victorian. him. Why aren't you? <laughs> right. Exactly. Or like, he's, like, if they're just like, Oh, like this guy's hot. Like you should bang him. Like just have fun. Like just do this. And I'm like, that's not really that fun. I'm like, Hey, the first couple of times I sleep with a man, I'm not going to get off. <laughs> so, <laughs> <Well>, yeah. <laughs> so I'm like, if I'm just doing this as like a one-time thing and I'm not interested in this person, like I, I'm just not interested in that at mm. all. You know what I mean? But there is such a weird, like, what's wrong with you kind of thing. Like just have fun. I'm like, okay, that's not necessarily that's just fun. Like, but yeah. Anyway. Yeah. And I think that that really varies for everyone. And it's mm-hmm. great that you've like yeah. figured that out for yourself. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I think my experience is a little bit different in mm-hmm. that I'm just, I think that like when you like someone and just in general, you maybe like, I don't really get sexual urges that much. Uh, mm-hmm. And I used to be like super ashamed of that, I guess yeah when I became a feminist and I would always joke about like having homework and like my homework being like okay I need to go home and master (laughs) because like I need to get in touch with my body and I need to do like a b c or d and I need to be like hypersexual Uh and like that's just a little absurd when you think about it but Mm. actually like still sort of a pressure I feel sometimes but I also feel like my attraction to people is like not really tied to their personality that Mm. much Mm -hmm. and that doesn't mean that if someone is a attra- if someone has a really great personality, I might I might find them more attractive because of that. Mm-hmm. But I think in general, like I'm just like my attraction, and I've talked about this a lot with Mexi, but like to people is not like okay, either platonic, either romantic, either sexual. Like it's very much just like okay, if I think you're like an attractive person, mm-hmm. like I guess a lot of it does have to do with yeah, just the fact that I find you physically physically attractive it has very little to do with your gender it has very little to do with my relationship with you and it's not really different for romantic partners versus uh, like friend partners like I have a very I have a very hard time knowing if like <laughs> I'm attracted to people or it's rare that I'm just like mm, like this person's really yeah. attractive like I yeah. need to have them now like that's yeah, not yeah. really how my attraction works I'm just like wow people are so fucking attractive in general uh-huh. and yeah that's like definitely part of my like also awareness around like pansexuality or bisexuality mm-hmm. is just that 
God, I, I don't really know what I find mm-hmm. attractive. It's just like, if I find you attractive, like I find you attractive. And mm-hmm. the thing that sucks sometimes is that even if somebody, even if someone turns out to be like an asshole, like a really hot dude turns out to be an asshole. Like I don't, usually I stop. It's not that I stop finding them attractive. It's that I'm literally like, Whoa, I do not want to spend more time in your presence mm-hmm. type of thing. Yeah. But it doesn't impact how I feel about them physically really Mm -hmm. and I remember Nicole in that podcast saying something that was really interesting she said for example when I I could watch a show and and become really drawn like really attracted to that person's character in the show and become Mm -hmm. like in Mm -hmm. love with them and like fantasize about them sexually but then if that person like that same actor came up to me on the street Mm -hmm. and said like hey babe or something I wouldn't find them attractive because they weren't that character and and for for her and I think for you too, like yeah. the demisexual attraction makes you kind mm-hmm. of be attracted to like the personality and the entire person. Yeah. I don't work like that at all. <laughs> like yeah. I was like, really, if I, if like an actor was hot playing a certain character in a movie that I was sexually attracted to, like a hundred percent, if they came up to me on the street, if I didn't know them, like, mm-hmm. but like plastically they were the same, you know, like physically yeah, they yeah, were the same, yeah. I would still find them really attractive. Well, yeah. I mean, I, I'm not sure I can say it like yes or no on that depends on like Mm -hmm. the person or whatever but yeah generally I I am more attracted to like the person overall and like if I see like a a conventionally hot guy I'm like I don't really care it's not like I get turned on just by seeing an attractive guy Mm -hmm. um I get turned on if I like yeah just like feel a spark for somebody and I just get really excited about them and then I'll fantasize about them like (laughs) I was telling Marina that I had this crush on this professor man who like is totally not attractive at all um like if I just saw him on the street I'd be like oh whatever Mm -hmm. but like I would always fantasize about him because just like his brain to me is like so sexy and I'm just like oh man so it just like stuff like that Mm -hmm. but I think the point is that like like I think like as a feminist act it is just finding out what exactly you do find attractive and recognizing that it's okay I mean unless you're like attracted to like babies or something but like you know (laughs) like just feeling like you don't have to go along with this swipe culture, hypersexualized kind of norm. Like if you feel otherwise, that's totally fine. If you feel that you are really DTF all the time, that's also fine, totally. you know, but it's just kind of like figuring it out for yourself and like not really, not letting, I don't know, society or other people make you feel any way about it or mm-hmm. make you feel like you're less than any or whatever, you know? Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, I think since sex is, since we live in such a hypersexual, sexualized, like media landscape and just everything is about sex all the fucking time under capitalism, under patriarchy, mm-hmm. it's hard to find that voice and connect with it. Like it's almost yeah, it's definitely been a struggle for me and for, I think, most people their whole lives. Mm-hmm. Uh, and for men, too. Like, I, I do feel bad for men who just are, like, also extremely insecure about about their performance, like, unlocking, like, an orgasm in, mm-hmm. in a woman. Um, and then women having to, like, fake it in order to validate their masculinity. Mm-hmm. Something that I wanted to say about the conversation we were just having before too about like attraction Mm -hmm. is that like not all attract like not all attraction is sexual and finding someone attractive doesn't necessarily translate to like sexual feelings like I know that asexual people can find people very attractive but Mm -hmm. just that doesn't translate to a sexual urge to like touch their body and have sex with them that's actually like the case a lot of times with me me too and that's fine that's totally fine you don't need to have you don't you're not expected to, like, want to have sex with a person if you find them attractive. No. 
And you can want to have sex because just you want to have sex and you can find everyone attractive. I also know people in that case. Yeah. And me too. Like, I, yeah. <laughs> They're just like, what's my problem? I want to have sex with everyone. Like, yeah. It's not a problem. Yeah. It's fine. Like, it's fine. Yeah. Like go for it. But yeah. Yeah. So yeah, man, I feel like I could talk about this like all day and I'm yeah. so happy that we're sharing all of this with our listeners. I'm happy because I think I'm it's... like terrified at the same time. I am not terrified. I am so happy. Yeah. I feel like this has to be said. I feel like people need to talk about this. We need to demystify this shit. We need to like get over this like imbalance of pleasure and faking and needing to have this ego boost as a man and everything. Like we just need to destroy this all. Yeah. Orgasms for all. Or, <laughs> yeah, or none. Or just like communication and empathy and pleasure for Absolutely. all you know yeah and so if I can recommend I guess like a you know I'm no ex I'm no sex expert but I think that a really important thing to do is like communicate more with your partner ask them what they like but also that can get sort of that can get sort of stressful sometimes and someone's like what do you like what do you like it, yeah. you know like just communicate as openly mm -hmm. as possible ask the person what they like but also don't make it seem like don't make them feel like they're having they have a problem if they can't have an orgasm. Yeah. Like I can't tell you the number of women that I have known who say like, well, you know, I, I can never orgasm during sex. I have a problem. Mm. It's like, no, you don't have a problem mm. and you'll get there or you won't. But I think that this mm. like hyper focus on orgasms is really paralyzing. Oh, sorry, mm. I think that's ableist. Is is it? No, it's a really good word though. It's a really good word. Um let us know if let, let us know if it is, but oh wow, that made me lose my train of thought a little <laughs> bit. Um but yeah, just like focusing on really listening to your partner and enjoying the present moment. Like sex mm -hmm. is nothing if it's not like an enjoyable mm -hmm. just just really learn to have fun with it mm -hmm. and like be in the moment. Don't mm -hmm. be in the like 10 minutes from now when supposedly like one of you guys is going to get off. Don't yeah. be like in your, don't be rehearsing things about porn in your mind. No. Like just try to like appreciate the person or the people's bodies that yeah. are around you and ask them what they want. And yeah. Yeah. And like in terms of, you know, the asking them what they want and how that can maybe get like also awkward if someone's just asking you and you don't really know how to answer or like you know when you do answer like go soft and then they go soft for like 10 seconds and then mm -hmm. they just change or whatever so maybe like if someone's having a hard time expressing to you like what they like then maybe just try like exploring and kind of like showing do, them. like do something and be like do you like it when I do this like mm -hmm. is this you know what I mean like just like like figure it out as you're going along like it's play time you know like just play right. with each other and yeah. like and figure it out as you go so but yeah, just, you you have to really, that's why I don't really enjoy, or I don't, like, I'm not into, like, one night stands or whatever, because, like, for me personally, I don't, like, if it's just a, a new person, I don't feel comfortable enough with them to be open and fearless and, like, courageous and, and communicative or whatever, because it's like, this is a new person, oh my god, I'm naked, oh my god, they're touching me, oh, like, it's just, it's mm -hmm. kind of, like, an awkward thing, so I just feel like, whether you are into one night stands or like into like if you are like with somebody that you're going to get into this stuff more and play or whatever I just feel like every experience you go into just yeah just get rid of the shame and just like totally be like if if I'm gonna enjoy this experience or like have pleasure or whatever like I have to just be open and like be willing to talk and be willing to just yeah be vulnerable and like 
odds are like the other party is feeling insecure as well, or is also dealing with like a whole bunch of cultural baggage that Mm -hmm. is making them act in certain ways. And the other thing that I will say is that if no pressure guys, but I mean, girls, but if you're a woman and you're faking orgasms, I would really urge you, really urge you to like, you know, I don't think you're like a bad person. We've all done it, but like really urge you to deconstruct why you're doing it who it's serving and how it's making you feel once you faked that orgasm. Because I think that I totally get it. Mm -hmm. I understand why women feel the pressure to, to, to do it. And I think that we've talked at length about like, yeah, the, the pressures, the pressures that make it so that we feel like we have to be like super expressive during sex, but like, God, it's just like, no, you shouldn't have to do that. And I'd I'd really challenge you not to. And Mm -hmm. if that makes the your sexual partner like feel some sort of way, like that's on them and that's not your fault. And don't Mm -hmm. let them make you feel guilty for it. Exactly. And I I think it's so normalized to exaggerate noises during sex. I was telling Maxi, like I, I don't understand why it's so normal for women to make a lot of noise during sex but not men Mm -hmm. to make any noise like sometimes I'm like hello like like, (laughs) what this is not normal like and 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 I feel like that also links to just the way that men are socialized to like not like express emotion or Mm -hmm. not like express like corporal feelings about like Mm -hmm. either like pain or sadness or grief it's always like you know anger or Mm -hmm. like complete neutrality or Mm quote-unquote rationality Mm -hmm. uh and I just do not understand. I fucking hate that about sex. I'm just like, why are women expected to be like so loud when it's obviously like they're doing it for the men? It's fine if you right. want to be loud during sex. Like I, I mean, also if you're having pleasure, it makes sense to like make noise when you can, you know, mm-hmm. when you're in an isolated, yeah. isolated place or something. Yeah. <clears throat> Saying this with, for all the people who live in very close quarters with yeah. their neighbors yeah, yeah, exactly. or their building. Yeah. But don't feel the need to, like, yeah, I, I wish women didn't feel the need to fake orgasms yeah. or to be extra loud. And I also didn't – I also wish the men didn't feel the need to, like, not fucking make noise. And also, what does that say about the fact that men aren't expected – men don't feel the pressure to show that they're enjoying it to get the women off? Like, do, do you right. know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. I feel like the fact that men don't need to make a show is also part of the fact that – this expectation that men are satisfied by giving someone else pleasure and like that validating their masculinity, like that's Mm -hmm. obviously not really the same for women. Otherwise Mm -hmm. men would feel the need to make a lot of noise and to tell the women like, Oh my God, you're like pleasing me so much. And like, yeah, I guess I I think it's also that like the men are just expected to come every time. Like that's just expected to be like the end of sex is like the man comes. So it's not like, of course he will come. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. But like, you know, we feel the need to, like, make a lot of noise in order for the men to feel validated in their masculinity. And, like, mm-hmm. why don't they feel the need to do the same thing to validate us in our femininity? I mean, I guess that's the construction of femininity and masculinity that requires exactly. different things, yeah, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I just think that's interesting. Yeah. It's true that that's, like, such a weird, like... Yeah, I think, like, normative sex, at least. Totally. Porn, they're just, like, not making any noise. Yeah, they're not making any noise. And the woman is screaming. Screaming. Like, yeah, that, yeah, that, I think that's just so telling actually um, yeah. about like, <laughs> yeah. And, and also there's this, I mean, the whole like myth around like virginity and also taboo around female masturbation. It's like, uh-huh. we should wait until another man can get us off, you know, right. and make us feel pleasure and yeah. not really explore that for ourselves. And totally. so it's supposed to be this mind blowing fucking 
wall shattering right. screaming fest the second yeah. we get lucky enough to have like a peanut and misery a man, in our like, vagina oh my gosh <sighs> no you're so Let right me tell you it is not that way it is not that way times. and you're right how many times have i felt pressure to like make like more noise like and it's just like yeah there's not really that much noise you need to be making really like even if you are feeling pressure like you don't need to be like screaming every two seconds because no. it's just like okay <laughs> yeah also like very few women i guess scream very loudly when they're masturbating in their home no i don't think trust noise. me we get a lot more orgasms than exactly sex. so like obviously yeah. it's a performance during sex obviously that is such a good point yeah like i'm like quiet when i'm like masturbating i mean <laughs> like no one can hear me know. you know <laughs> that is so true i never even thought about it that way yeah so it's it's not like just a thing that women need in order to like have an orgasm they also need to like scream their fucking like pipes out like they don't and it's not an organic thing because if we're like getting off all the time with our vibrators and we're not making noise like we have (laughs) yeah that's yeah. so funny and it's not that making noise isn't fun like sure it's yeah it fun. is yeah it's fun because it makes your partner like it yeah it's your partner how you're feeling but it needs mm. to be like a two-way street like yeah or yeah or it also just needs to be like not so overdone and like yeah and not faking the actual orgasm <laughs> that's the thing that really like, really needs to not happen yeah because yeah that just feeds into this whole like problematic sexual division of pleasure and like patriarchal vision of sex and everything and also I don't want to fake it because I'm like if you're not because I want sex to be like I said like exploring and like getting to know what I like and like you know figuring each other out and so if I'm faking it you're gonna think that what you're doing works works and is that what you're doing gives me pleasure and so you're never going to learn anything else. You're not going to ask any questions because you're, you're going to be like, oh, I already know what, what I'm doing. All right, this works great, you know? And yeah, I think we're really fucking ourselves over. We're, t- we're totally fucking ourselves over. And then, like, and then you're also fucking over, like, other women who are going to sleep with this man because then they're going to be like, <laughs> yes. like, how many men have I slept with who have been in, like, long-term relationships? And who, I'm like, like, oh, my God, yes. Yeah. And, like, yeah, they're, they're going hard on the clit. They're, like, doing the, like – they're putting my legs above their neck. They're like just doing the like P and the V in and out, in and out without any wave motion or anything. And I'm like, really? Did your last girlfriend enjoy this? Cause I know she didn't. I know. Flat out she didn't. So I'm like, I guess she made you believe that she did. And now I have to deal with this. And then if I start to say, if I don't, if I don't fake it, then you think something's wrong with me or you think there's something wrong, like with our sexual chemistry and that like, we just don't fit together. Mm-hmm. And it's like, no, this is just normal. And like, we, we need to like explore this together and figure out, you know, how we're going to get there together, you know? Absolutely. And every woman works, every vagina works differently. I'm sorry. <laughs> every, yeah. yeah. Um, every vagina works differently and we're not claiming to know everything about how every vagina works. Mm-hmm. However, I will say, that there are certain things yes. that I've had done to me where I'm like, I know with near certainty yes. that no one enjoys this. No one. And that's what the OMG Yes website talks yeah. about because like they, they've done all this research and like, yes, there's obviously variation between vaginas, but there are, I think they have, they have like eight like solid tips yeah. that across all vaginas, these are either must do's or must don't do's Mm -hmm. so it's like sure there's variation but like there is also a lot of commonality Mm -hmm. (laughs) and so yeah yeah 
Uh, yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. So another like bit of advice, I guess, that like I would give, and again, I'm also not a sex expert, but um, I would also encourage women to play with themselves, and I would really encourage women to like get themselves a vibrator and also get themselves like a dildo, and maybe it's like a dildo vibrator, um, and like practice with yourself, like practice giving yourself G-spot orgasms and figure mm-hmm. out how that works. You know what I mean? Like, I've tried, girl, with like a dildo. Yeah. You should get the one that I have because yeah. it's going to It's not, but it's not like a double. Yeah, no, I know, but they're so expensive. They're like, it yeah. was like the same price as just the regular vibrator. Okay, maybe we'll do that later. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, yeah. even if it doesn't work, just like try, like try it out, like play with yourself, like, you know, get some toys, whatever, like do what you got to do to figure out like what gives you pleasure. Maybe sign up for OMG Yes or whatever. Mm-hmm. And yeah, just like really figure that out and, so that you can communicate that with your partner and if you're somebody that like yeah it just doesn't work then like fine that's also fine like just just try you know what I mean Mm -hmm. just so that you really get to know your own body for sure so that you don't think that like a there's something wrong with you or that you yeah you're just like frustrated and you don't know what to say to someone if they ask what you like you know Mm -hmm. like really just like get into it Mm -hmm. yeah And one last recommendation I have, I think, would be to seek out more, like, feminist porn or Mm -hmm. that kind of thing. Porn that's actually, like, yeah, that would be pleasurable for a woman to watch and that looks like the woman is actually, like, legit enjoying herself, you know? Mm -hmm. I mean, I still masturbate, like, you know, quite a bit, but I've stopped really looking at porn because I had, like, I had a good source of kind of, like, female gazy porn where it was, like, it was very clear that the women were actually getting off. And to me, that really turns me on. And like mm-hmm. now if I get aroused and I'm like, oh, I'm like going <laughs> to masturbate or whatever. If I actually go to look at male gaze porn, I'm turned off. I'm turned right off actually, mm-hmm. because I'm like, no, this does not look pleasurable. And this woman is obviously not enjoying this. And mm-hmm. like this man, it's just, ugh, yeah, it's just not nice. Mm-hmm. So I would say, I, and I think um, Antistasia actually linked some, more inclusive like feminist kind of porn that also featured differently abled people and like people of color and and, Mm -hmm. in in ways that aren't like fetishized Mm -hmm. so yeah I would say like seek out things like that if you're interested in like watching porn that like is not going to I don't know taint your brain and like taint your whole vision of like sexuality and like gender and stuff absolutely recently I got into well I via a recommendation from a feminist podcast downloaded and also sent it to Mexi actually a DVD like some of Erica Lust's work who's like a a porn director I think from Barcelona or from Spain and I don't know I was like sort of disappointed me too actually because I still think it's super normative largely everyone is white yeah everyone is has a body that's like conventionally attractive Mm -hmm. everyone like they're all uh, non-disabled and I don't know I was just like wait this is being yeah this is like people think that this is feminist porn that like this Mm. is still porn that it is like really normative I mean it was still vastly better than a lot of the porn 
out yeah, there. Yeah, it was definitely better. But I don't know. I was pretty disappointed. I was like, please tell me that this is yeah. not the extent of feminist porn. And it's not. It's you know? not. It's not. But yeah, and, and I could also tell, like, they were kind of doing some, like, similar moves that they would do in regular porn. And then I could also tell that the women were kind of, like, putting on a show. Mm-hmm. And to me, whenever I know that someone is, like, kind of putting on the show, it kind of, like, kind of ruins it for me. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it was, it, I didn't find it to be, like, revolutionary in any way really but that's not to say that it isn't out there and like I've seen like a lot of like good stuff that like is more appealing um and I I think I'll check maybe we should check out Anastasia's recommendation and maybe link that Mm -hmm. below because she's really great also Mm -hmm. and I think that that Erica Laws DVD like actually sort of perpetuated the idea that women who are empowered are like super sexual yeah like when in the clips where the women were talking about just like sex toys and bdsm it was just they were all like obsessed with it and also in that same vein i think it's really great a lot of the i guess diversity and like diversification of the narrative of like what is healthy versus unhealthy sex that has gone on in the last few years Mm -hmm. and I think there's like a lot of great things that have see and I feel like a lot of people are going to disagree with this but I think that the second you now that I feel like the second you try to analyze sexual dynamics or sexual role play and are critical of it not critical in the way where you're saying okay Mm -hmm people shouldn't be engaging in this. Like as long as for me, it's like consensual and done in a respectful way that boundaries are discussed. Like I think that it's, it's fine and I have no place in judging it. But I also don't think that that should keep me from having a critical eye on the dominant narratives Mm -hmm. just because I'm scared of being labeled like a kink shamer. I feel like a lot of times just, I, I feel like now it's really, encouraged to think of sex and what goes on in society as like two completely different things it's like in sex anything goes as long as it's consensual and like I agree like Mm -hmm. people can do whatever the fuck they want I can do whatever the fuck I want and I don't think it's I'm not judging it I'm just Mm -hmm. saying I don't think that politics and culture and sex exist in like three completely isolated Mm -hmm. realms you know I think that obviously it informs a lot of what goes on during sex and I still I don't think that you need to be like really ashamed if you have fantasies of domi- of being dominated or of dominating someone else. And then we all have them. Mm-hmm. I-, I think like a lot of people have like fantasies that fall in one of those two camps. And I think that it's really important to accept them and to, yeah, not think you're a bad person because of them. But I also like some of the, some of the shit that I fantasize about, I'm like, well, I still want to just like, why am I fantasizing about that? And I still think that, what I've seen as like desirable in terms of power dynamics between genders my entire life, like does inform a lot of the stuff that I fantasize about. And I want to stay aware of that and still think that I need to deconstruct it. Mm -hmm. That's the thing that like, that's really well said. Like it's, it's not about feeling shame for it. You know what I mean? Like, of course you're an adult, you can do whatever you want. Like this isn't about shaming or feeling bad about anything. Like you can celebrate whatever you want. But it's about thinking about your desires and thinking about, well, where do these actually come from? And mm-hmm. you know what I mean? And what are the politics that are informing this or like the societal norms and everything that are informing me having mm-hmm. these ideas about sex and about like 
what my place is is in like a sexual encounter you know Mm -hmm. yeah for example in connor and britney's bdsm video which like i like and i really i do like their a lot of the things that they say and i have this like struggle between thinking it's so great that they're so open and so sexual and so okay with like they have such an anything goes attitude with sex Mm -hmm. but then sometimes i do feel like it's just a little bit too uncritical for me Mm -hmm. like i in their bdsm video they just talk about like oh it's so fun to like take the power and give the power and have all these different like and i i agree Mm -hmm. but i don't think we can totally like put our hand head in the sand about like what informs those things like and where do we draw the line like Mm -hmm. what about like race play is a thing in the gay community and like gender play like i yeah i don't know i again i (laughs) I understand that sex is like a consensual game between like adults and and it's it's okay i'm not you know i I think policing sex if it's consensual would be sort of like like broken window policing of just like attacking kind of what comes after all the shit that all of us are like traumatized and put through growing up so i don't really believe in like shaming people for their sexual fantasies if again they're consensual and stuff like that but i also don't think they're devoid like we should not analyze them at all or Mm -hmm. we should just pretend that they're informed by literal like nothingness right you know like these are not just like innate you know what i mean like we're all completely informed by everything that we see around us like the way that we've been socialized informs everything that we think and feel and you know want to do etc so yeah i mean and we're not going to shame anybody for anything but i it's just to say that people like people should still be okay with the idea of self reflection and self yeah analyzing absolutely and definitely for myself like <laughs> that's true i i think that i went through a period of i guess being like over the top sex positive and watching a lot of Connor and Brittany and thinking like anything goes and almost like reclaiming the shit that I had been ashamed about. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was liberating to me in some ways, but I do think it was like, there were certain aspects of it that were problematic because I stopped thinking of these fantasies as things that were influenced by patriarchy mm-hmm. And by gender roles. And I just want to maintain an awareness about that. Yeah. And I also think that it's totally, you know, as a, uh, you know, for women, um, for people like people who identify as women, it's fine to like want to be dominated. And I get that. So many women like want to be dominated and could not imagine being someone who dominates their partner. And I think I used to be one of those people and that's the, again, that's fine. I shouldn't be forced to do anything that I don't want to do, but I don't think that's like devoid of any, any cultural influence. And I also think it can lead you to expect other men to be fine with dominating you. And I don't know, like be careful about, I guess, mandating that of like another man because yeah, I think that I, fell into that camp a little bit I I think that a lot of a lot of my female friends have told me like oh it's fine like just like put their hands here make them do that tell them you want this and then I sort of realized like well maybe if if I do that without discussing what the man is comfortable with first like that's sort of oppressive in and of itself like my empowerment shouldn't necessarily like should never come at Mm -hmm. the cost of being empathetic Mm -hmm. And like with the other person that I'm with, like just yeah. because I'm feeling like empowered about asserting these 
dynamics and just because someone is telling me that I don't need to be ashamed of them anymore that's just like the dangerous line with dogma like if you end up replicating it in this like righteous way that you feel like you're justified to almost like turn the oppression on its head that you've been a victim of then you risk not listening to the other person and being really unempathetic about them Mm -hmm. and I think we're gonna do a whole podcast about that too like replicating hierarchical and like oppressive oppressive dynamics in social justice movements just because you feel like well since you're fighting for a good cause Mm -hmm. you are allowed to make you are allowed to abuse other people and that's never okay and yeah I feel like in kink sometimes that's the case Mm -hmm. you know like you need to be good about voicing what you want but you also need to be really really receptive to like what the other person is comfortable doing to you and definitely doing to them definitely yeah that's a really good point yeah (laughs) well well oh my god I can't believe we're gonna put this out I'm so happy about this I am so excited like I really need to hear this man people need to hear this yeah like this is like I wish I could just play this podcast for like so many people including like my that I have like had encounters with including my teenage self including my early 20s self Including the fact that I'm going to need to listen back to this a few times. Yes. No, this is great. And and I would love to hear what everybody thinks. Yes. Please give us support in the comments. (laughs) Share your experience. Tell us you enjoyed hearing our experience. If you did. Yes. Oh, we should check out your anxiously waiting. Oh, yes. Okay. So we have several Patreon pledges. (laughs) Damn it. I was like, Patreon? Okay. If you say pledges after, it's fine. We have several patrons to shout out this week so thank you so much to hunter uh maija i'm so sorry i'm not sure i'm pronouncing that correctly maya perhaps um and bryce tothill so thank you so much to everyone who pledged uh if you'd like to support this show please sign up to be a monthly patron on our website veganvanguardpodcast.com or throw us a one-time donation via PayPal, also on our website. Or share this episode. Yes, share this episode with everyone except that you know. Parents. Except for our parents, yes. <laughs> but spread this around as a PSA to the world. You're welcome. <laughs> <laughs> Bye, everyone. Bye.